I wish, I genuinely wish I did not need to sleep. Like, that's Twilight, vampires, you know, don't sleep. I'm like, damn, I want that life. I would, I would be thriving if I just didn't have to sleep. Ever heard of burnout? We're going to talk about it. This is POV, a podcast that defines the human experience, but here at Cal State Long Beach. I'm your host, Rachel Livinall. And I'm your other host, Morgan Barella. You're probably hearing this episode somewhat close to the end of the semester. You may be experiencing something that almost anyone can understand at first glance. Burnout. The person you heard at the very beginning of this episode was Brianna Mendez-Badilla, a journalism major on campus. She's getting to the same point as you may be. Because I like my classes so far. I just think this semester, since there's so much going on, I think it's easy to kind of just like, ugh, it's such a drag to do this. I don't know. I do like school, so I think if anything, I would just take fewer classes, which I feel weird saying because I am just taking like four. But that was her last semester, and the semester before that, and probably this semester too. It's this redundant cycle, but what does it really consist of? Amanda De Leon Morales, the director of CAPS, said the definition is a mixture of things. Burnout is often described as a state of being maxed out, depleted, at the end of your rope, but basically a physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion for whatever, in whatever state you're currently in. There are a lot of side effects to this. On the physical level, it may look like being really tired, um, having trouble committing to things, having trouble with what would normally be someone's normal functioning or their normal way of practicing, just feeling like you can't do it anymore. I'm just like so tired. Anyone who knows me, like, summer's not my best time because I'm so burnt out from the school year that I just, I just don't do anything. I get, like, mentally I'm not okay for a good portion of the summer. It could even look like not wanting to follow through on commitments that you would normally make with friends, not doing things that you normally would like to do, um, feeling like you cannot. Literally this week I had to cancel on my best friend, like, twice because they're supposed to go grab food. I was like, dude, I have so much homework. I can't. And a lot of times it's attributed to folks who are experiencing burnout will say, I just don't understand why I can't anymore. So it doesn't make sense to them. But it's always that like paradox of like, did you do work? No. Oh, okay. So you like got, you had fun, you rested. Also no, because all the time that I'm not doing anything, I'm like, oh my God, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. So yeah, been there, done that but why don't we ever know when we're going through it? We think of what like a normal schedule looks like. When we look at student schedules, sometimes they are inundated with activities and not class is one thing, activities, committees, clubs, sports, blah, 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 all these wonderful things that are all great things, but it's the amounting of it all at once. So basically all of us have to deal with this, at least if we want a social life or we want to know where we're headed or we want something more than Starbucks or Target on a resume. But is there a certain type of person who ends up being even more blindsided with burnout than the average? Mendez Padilla, she's been a bit of a perfectionist. And old habits die hard. 
I remember like in middle school, I was the first person to get like 100% on this one biology exam, right? But that was like the first, because I was in Mexico, so it was um, bimesters. The point is we would like have tests every two, two months. So I got like 100% the first two months. And it's like, now I was like, oh my God, I need to get 100% the next one. Because that's going to look so bad if I got 100% now I'm down to like, I don't know, 80 or something. The cycle of having to one-up yourself is obnoxiously convenient. This perfectionist had three jobs when we interviewed her, but she couldn't bring herself to leave them. I like don't want to quit any of these jobs. That's the thing. And I'm like, why? Okay, because like I enjoy them. I do know I struggle with like quitting because I'm like, oh my god, like you didn't see this through. Like that's kind of like reflect bad, like bad, right? And not just the expectations you set for yourself. It's also the ones we have for stability. I have this professor that likes to have people raise their hands if they have a full-time job right now. When she asked, almost half the class raised their hands. And that's at least 20 hands. I've been there. So I asked Amanda, what then? I appreciate you asking that, Morgan, because as we were talking, I was thinking a lot about like our, our parents, right? You know, parents who are um, who are students, right? And just a different, different, and that's just one example, but, you know, they can't step, necessarily step away from children, right? Or whatever that um, circumstance is. I think it's important, first of all, for me to note that, yes, you're absolutely right. There are folks that cannot step away. And we, and stepping away sometimes might sound like it's such an easy option, but it really isn't. It absolutely isn't. Um, I think, a couple things. There's definitely back to the idea of tapping into what that network is or what um, an individual can build into their wellness strategy. But I, I want to reiterate that it is a real struggle if you can't step away. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, it's thinking about what else is in that individual's cup that could help fill them. And yeah, there, there's so many possibilities, so many different ideas. I think also a lot about, as we were talking about opportunities, it's sometimes within those committees and clubs and different folks that you're connected to that that might be an outlet also for, you know, so that you're not holding it all in and so that burnout is not just brewing or that that stress rather is not brewing and turning into burnout. So maybe it is about friendship or resources or maybe you just need some caps. But Amanda also wants you to know. I think it's not uncommon to ask folks to maybe even... Um, step away from things at times. There's no shame in that. Even the, the most uh, successful professionals have to say, you know what, I gotta take a step back right now. I can't do it all right now. I think it's important. Um, there's, there's some things that are really, um, might seem easy, and, but I, I, I say that because a lot of times we don't really focus on these things, like how important it is to maybe step outside in the midst of everything that we're doing. Maybe just take a moment and, you know, reflect on the leaf that's hanging from a tree. But it really is about grounding yourself because when you're at that point of extreme stress that's leading into burnout, you're really at a point of having difficulty focusing. So how do I give myself simple opportunities to do that? But even giving grace to yourself and saying, you know what, it's okay that I can ask these questions. It's okay for me to say no or not yet right now. Um, you know, and it's about filling your cup. What are those things that help fill your cup? And it might often be trying something different um, or even stepping away for a period of time.
This is a production of Dig Magazine. I am one of your hosts, Rachel Livinall. Your other host is Morgan Barella. POV is released every Tuesday at 9 a.m. It is available wherever you get your podcasts.